the pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Well, folks, good afternoon. It's John DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. I want to say good afternoon to everybody tuning in on Facebook Live. We have our live stream going. It's just find the Facebook page. It's John DePietro Show on Facebook. Now, share that you're watching. We have a very special guest coming up in just less than 10 minutes, Ramona Basinger. She is the Providence teacher. Ramona Bessinger, excuse me, Providence teacher who wrote about how critical race theory uh, is is uh, bad, how it basically, it sounds like it ruined the classroom, her teaching experience. She's an award-winning teacher. She was on Fox News Channel over the weekend. First local interview coming up right here in less than 10 minutes. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by Rhode Island's Dunwood Garden Center. Now, it's a nice day. Take a ride and see our friends at PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. 3688 Quaker Lane in North Kingstown. Look at that. 82 degrees out. Nice sunshine. Dry all day. They have delicious homegrown farm fresh produce they carry every day. Zucchini, yellow squash, green peppers, and cucumbers. Stop in and see them. And they also obviously have everything you need for your property, for your yard. It's PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. Steve and Debbie and Junior and Byron, 3688 Quaker Lane in North Kingstown. They're worth the ride. Pop in and see them. Local business, family run, great service. And what they have, especially delicious vegetables right now. Plus, they have trees and shrubs, landscape materials. Stop in and see them. She, they keep a very updated, uh, beautiful Facebook page. The hydrangeas are just incredible. But again, they carry every day zucchini, yellow squash, green peppers, cucumbers. Folks, it's Rhode Island's number one garden center. PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. Pop it and see them. Crushed stone, trees and shrubs. And then they have all the uh, annuals, perennials. It's PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. Now, I want to uh, point your attention again, folks. Good afternoon. Right now, it's 12.08 in the Ocean State on this Tuesday. I want to say good afternoon to my friend Freddie. Everybody that is uh, listening and supports the program, you can hear us. We start weekdays at 11, and then we do the Facebook Live at noon on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You hear me mention the website, topetro.com. Check it out. We have a lot of exclusive stories you won't see anywhere else. Such as the fact those people uh, from Sales Street, right, Taffy, Taffy like candy, the whole crew, how they destroyed a home in Warwick, $70,000 worth of damage. The media won't cover it. Media cover up, number one. Number two, we have the story, a third police officer suspended over Sales Street. Ridiculous. Why? Because someone was standing on his body cam that fell off him in the melee, and then he, like, shoved the person off. So you have stories like that. You have how Black Lives Matter trying to do a money grab. Folks, the local media, it's very obvious they have been compromised. And what I mean by that is they pick and choose what stories to do. If there's a story that will make the activists look good, they do it. If there's something that makes them look bad, they won't do it. Uh, But check it out at topetro.com, which is brought to you by the Centerdale. Pop in and see them. Comfort food cocktails. I want to say good afternoon to Shane, everyone there, folks, located. My new hangout, the Wands Hangout, is in fact the Centerdale. Easy to get to, 
right to 2025 Smith Street, North Providence. Safe, free, safe parking around the area. Delicious food. Great crowd. Shane is your host. Pop it and see him. I was there a week ago Friday. I had a great Friday night and knew half the place. This is Juan headquarters. Look for them. There's a link for them. And delicious food uh, right there on the website, DePedro.com. So Ramon is going to join us coming up in just a few moments. And folks, before she does, just a couple of reminders. Uh, Remember, we have room for those that are tuning in. We have room. I would like you, wherever you're listening right now, right now it is 10 minutes past 12. Whether you're listening in Burrville or on 295 or 140, wherever you may be, I would like you to come along with me. September road trip, Patriots Jets. I promise you a very memorable weekend. We leave Saturday morning. We arrive in New York City, where I lived. I never thought I was going to leave New York for 10 years. Big party Saturday night at the hotel in New Jersey. And then Sunday, full professional tailgate. And then Patriot Jets, September 18th and 19th. It's filling up very quickly. I will be a host. We're going to do Facebook Live. We're going to do one after dark. We're going to do one at the tailgate party. We're going to do one in New York City. We're going to be wandering all around. Come along with me. Alan Hockman Tours. I have information on the Facebook page. Call 401-274-TRIP. 274-TRIP. Wherever you're listening right now, maybe you're listening in Smithfield, and you say, you know, that sounds like a good time. I'll bring my son or my family. Family friendly. Family friendly. Patriot Tour. Come along with me. Patriot Jets. This is going to be September. Maybe Coogie brings little Blake. I'm bringing the D-man, my son. But couples are coming. Families are coming. There's only a couple of seats left on the bus. Book your trip today. Very, very affordable. Hotel, tickets to the game. We're all in our Patriot gear. It'll be a fun trip. Road trips are fun. And let's do it now before they shut everything down with COVID. So just to um, give you a little background on Ramona before we speak to her. She is the teacher. She's a middle school teacher in Providence. And she has spoken up and given a firsthand account of what critical race theory is doing to the classroom. And, and, and it's, it took guts. She is, in fact, as Justin Katz mentioned last hour, it's really like she's a whistleblower. There are still people, the unions are fully on board critical race theory. And they try to say, can anyone show where this is being taught? And this is history. And, uh, you know, my former colleague, uh, Eileen Violet, wrote critical race theory. It's important to teach people about slavery. That's not what this is. That's number one. Number two, listen, schools have always taught about slavery. We've taught about the Civil War, right? This is different. This is everything is about race. This is the oppressor. This is turning, she's a white teacher and basically turning the kids against her, teaching them to hate America, teaching them no matter what you think you're going to do in this life, in this country, you're not going to do it because of your skin color. This is not teaching children to dream. This is teaching children. It doesn't matter what your dreams are. The white man has destroyed your dreams. And so, and this is, and and what's very, um, what needs to be pointed out is the teachers unions are fully on board with it. The teachers unions are not fighting it. 
right? The public school teacher unions that control everything, NEA Rhode Island and the AFT, American Federation of Teachers, who are Providence Union, who are Woodsocket Union, who are, I think, Pawtucket Union, Cranston, Warwick, and then some of the other districts have NEA Rhode Island, National Education uh, Association Rhode Island. They're fully on board. You know, Ramona will tell you how the kids stop standing for the national anthem. Why should I? For everything this country has done for me or done against me? I mean, it's despicable. And it should be called out. This is part of the agenda. This is progressive folks. This is leading people towards, you know what? I might as well just be on welfare. And everything becomes about race. As I said, if you make everything about race, then everything will become about race. You have these people thinking that no matter what they try to accomplish, and it also gives people a permanent out. It makes people think you're a permanent victim, no matter what you try to do. Look at this situation in Providence. And again, shame on the local media. And I mean all of them that were trying to portray these people as just, they're calm, they were having a quiet summer night, and then the Providence police descended on them and terrorized them. Complete lie. Absolute lie. That is not what happened in any way. Hardly. You kidding me? No, what happened was that someone called the police because this family was basically like terrorizing the neighborhood. That's what happened. So what an absolute disgrace. So we're going to talk to Ramona coming up in just a moment, folks. This portion of the program, remember, brought to you by Jamie's Power Wash. Call today. You know, with all that rain that we've had. Uh, you need to call 401-837-4545, 837-4545 for Jamie's Power Wash. And let's get rid of it. All that. All right. Well, we're going to take uh, Ramona uh, right now. Folks, joining us on the line right now is that Providence teacher. I want to welcome to the program. It is a pleasure to speak to her. And is Ramona Bessinger. Ramona, it's John DiPietro. Good afternoon and thank you for joining us. Hi there. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Ramona, first of all, I want to commend you. You are brave. Uh, what you wrote that was then picked up by Legal Insurrection, and I've seen your interviews on Fox. It was heartfelt. Uh, this was not a rush to judgment. You have had a career as a teacher. Uh, you obviously love the profession. You were obviously, it's like a calling. You were meant to be a teacher. Your family, parents, educators, the people that encouraged you, guided you down that path and to be commended. And the way that you described how this critical race theory and how it has completely changed the dynamic in the classroom, that was, I could tell, that was not easy to put down no, on a piece of paper, paper. Take us through a little bit of some of the examples in how, you know, I just think also, and I'm going to let you do most of the talking, but, you know, as a teacher, my mother was a teacher. Some of my aunts were a teacher. I have family members that were teachers. And some of the good teachers that I have had and know say there's always, you know, different groups of people. You see those kids that a little encouragement and they can become very good students. There's certain kids that are always going to be somewhat troubled. Then there's the good kids that you don't have to worry about them. But what must have been very painful were kids that you probably felt, you know, I could have impact on this child. But because of what they were teaching, they kind of start tuning everybody out. Go right ahead. Basically, um, you know, the year started out 
with some promise. As you know, this Providence school system was taken over by the state. And so I think all of us were, were optimistic that this was going to be, you know, a new start, a new year, an opportunity to teach this wonderful new curriculum that was supposed to be getting rolled out. And immediately when we walked into the school, you know, there were a couple of things that I noticed. There were BLM posters all over the school. Now, there is nothing wrong with 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 having a political persuasion, but there is something wrong with forcing your political agenda onto young minds. You know, young people have no ability to voice their opinion about politics when they don't even understand politics. And what young person is going to want to go up against a teacher who is who is pushing a political ideology. So that was the very first thing that I noticed. As as the year as the uh, quarter progressed, you know there were some there were a variety of things that were alarming about the about the new curriculum that was rolled out by the Rhode Island Department of Education. Uh, um, uh, a, a reading that we had to um, we had to do, which required you know a whole other it's a whole other discussion. But most importantly, sometime around January. Um, boxes and boxes of books entered our classrooms. Again, we were initially, wow, this is great. How exciting. We suddenly have uh, tons of books. But it wasn't until I opened up all the different boxes and and noticed that not only were there hundreds of these sort of pamphlet-style boxes entering our room, but at the same time, you have our teacher leaders literally removing, and they were mandated to do so, I might add, not that you know, they were in our rooms removing our textbooks and our vetted uh, classical literature. So again, you're you know, it was hard to sort of piece everything together and understand exactly what was going on. It took me, it took us all, you know, it took me in particular several months. I won't speak for my colleagues, but these books came into the. The first thing I noticed was that thematically they were all the same. So first, they're color coded. Uh, the colors actually are representative of reading levels. So you have these younger readers or readers, maybe a kindergarten level reader, right up through 12th grade. And immediately I noticed that every single book, or the majority of books, I can't say every single book, but the majority of books, of the books, of these pamphlet style books, and you know, there was the odd smattering of a novel in there or a classical novel in there. But the majority of them had the same exact theme, the same narrative, the same plot. It was all about violence, all about, you know, one group oppressing another. It was all about one specific historical narrative. And, uh, you know, that to me is, you know, couple that with this sort of already you know, huge and growing racial divide in our community. I feel that this is, you know, it was becoming this like sort of breeding ground of, of, of political activism. And that bothers me, whether I agree and I've supported, you know, a racially diverse curriculum. I've myself, every single lesson is racially, you know, diverse. I bring in African-American writers from absolutely every discipline, all time. I am a comes to teaching literature, teaching a balanced, diverse, uh, you know, curriculum, I don't have a problem with that, and nor should any educator. However, 
I do have a problem when one political ideology is being forced upon young minds so that, you know, they either comply and or uh, be singled out. And no child wants to be singled out. So that I have a problem with. The books themselves are poorly written. They are not vetted. No one knows who the authors are. No one knows where the books even come from. I asked the question, where did these books come from and who vetted these books? The response was, oh, a group of people vetted them. Oh, well, who are they? I have some specific questions about the plot and the characters and the the sort of running narrative that, uh, you know, America is inherently a bad country filled with uh, racist, um, dangerous people. I have a problem with that narrative being pushed in the novels that we teach and the small sort of reading pamphlets that entered our classroom. I got no answer, uh, some, you know, vague, ambiguous answer. And and lonely, I don't want to push that because then I'll be, you know, written up somewhere as being insubordinate, which is a whole other, again, another... um, another topic you can't really question or voice your opinion in any kind of a way you're singled out you're bullied you're harassed and let me tell you providence school is after at doing things like so that was when the alarm bells went off when the books rolled into the classroom and our classical literature was removed folks we're speaking with providence teacher ramona bessinger who has written first-hand account of what she started to notice was the impact in the classroom, middle school teacher in Providence about critical race theory. Ramona, take us through when um, I thought it was really, when you started to notice the difference during the kids normally stand and pledge allegiance to the flag. Well, there was a period there for a couple of days, I think, when all of a sudden we weren't reciting the Pledge of Allegiance. And I believe there might have been some sort of intercom issue or who who knows what the issue was. Regardless, I asked, of course, you know, why aren't we reciting the Pledge of Allegiance? And um, I was told that, well, you know, kids, kids, some kids cannot relate to the Pledge of Allegiance or don't understand. Well, even better an opportunity. No one can dispute that liberty and justice for all is a good thing for all people, all races. So then I reminded, I think I put in an email somewhere that, you know, it's the law. We shouldn't even be really having this discussion. It is Rhode Island state law to to recite the Pledge of Allegiance. But so the Pledge of Allegiance came back in a very respectful manner every morning. under but but some kids were not standing you have to on it is not my place to say you must stand you have to honor every child's right to their own beliefs which i did but it saddened me to see that children were somehow associating the pledge of allegiance which is for them for all children and all families and all americans somehow associating those words with something nefarious and that is, you know, and that to me is, you know, a very sad, sad. I actually, I was raised in Canada. I became an American citizen over 30 years, you know, a long time ago I moved to this country. Um, I have a very diverse background and uh, myself, I come from a very diverse community in Canada. And never in my life have I seen such division, such racial division and Anger on, you know, what, what appears to be on, on two camps 
in two camps, as I have seen this past year. It needs to stop. And this whole, you know, this sort of focus, overemphasis on uh, racially dividing folks into either white supremacists or people of color is a problem. I take, I think that that's a problem that needs to be spoken and, and folks need to learn about. And it's happening in our schools and it needs to end. It needs to end. We cannot, it's, we cannot use our children and our students to advance a political ideology. It is not okay and it needs to end. Folks, again, we're speaking with Providence teacher Ramona Bessinger on the John DePietro Show on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. And also, we have the live stream going on Facebook. Ramona, and also, it sounds like, as you wrote, you could start to feel that the students were starting to look at you differently. And not as the teacher, but, you know, it must be very confusing to the students. You know, everything is oppressor and oppressive and there's, you know, and white supremacist. And now you're a a white teacher in the front of the classroom and they start the way they start making comments about you and and just the way they kind of regard you um it sounds as if number one that you were being discussed by various people and number two that they didn't they started to not associate you as kind of like everybody's on the same page that you were different than them and you were you know you live in a castle and and, um, and they call you America, and as if, you know, there's something different than what you are. That was very sad. You know, these, these kids, you know, I, I can speak, if you think of the Second World War, what Hitler did when he um, enlisted young people to advance his hatred against Jews, it worked. And the reason is because young children will believe what you say. Right. And that is why it is our obligation it is our obligation as educators and decent with our children as possible. Because if you tell children anything about some, you know, any, and especially if you give them power to report out on a teacher, which happens regularly in Providence, you know, they get kids to write statements. Suddenly that child is going to believe what they're writing or what they're hearing. So, yes, it was very sad to me to hear that, uh, you know, to hear some very, you know, first of all, the kids are amazing in Providence. And, right. and, and to hear some of the responses from really bright, smart, young people, one student in particular who is an amazing writer, really does believe that all white people live in castles. Oh. You know, I had to, I, I, it's disheartening to hear that. You know, and, and why should I, of course, I said nothing you want to validate, but here's the thing. Why should I even be in a position to say, you know what, that's not correct. I actually work two full-time jobs and work very, very hard, and I don't live in a castle. You know what I mean? So why should I be put in that position? And why should I walk into a classroom and have young people, you know, calling me America? I'm mm. not being proud to be you know, American, yes. My response was, we're all Americans. Oh no, they don't, the kids, and I can't speak for every single child in Providence. I can only speak to this particular incident or these particular incidents, which are, by the way, I don't believe are isolated, although, you know, um, but I did say, you know, we're all Americans. I'm from our country and we all are entitled to to participate in 
country owes us. Well, they thought, you know, they looked at me and were like, where is that coming from? And they are not. Folks, again, we're speaking with Ramona Bessinger, uh, who's the Providence teacher. And Ramona, I also, can you touch on the fact that there are Black Lives Matter posters all over the school? It sounds as if in the schools that Black Lives Matter has been elevated to a higher level. Uh, you know, I, I have my own thoughts on it. I've, I've watched and covered the movement since it began. Um, there's a lot of misinformation about it. There's a lot of almost myths about it. I, I have a problem with some of the actions of it. I mean, if people just take it, what they initially say, which is you're trying to stress, you know, equality and everything else, that's one thing. It's it's really not what it's all about, but that must be different that that Black Lives Matter and the that was suddenly lifted to a higher position almost as if Whatever they say, this is an organization that that seems to have or they're trying to put forth in in the schools. They have a lot of credibility and that their word should almost be taken at face value. These are young people. We need to present an objective view. It is not okay to bring politics, political ideology into schools. It is not our right. That is child abuse and it needs to end immediately. There is nothing wrong with we are, as Americans, entitled to be a part of any political group we would like. And children, as they grow up and as their parents guide them, can also make their own political decisions. It is not the role of a teacher to press forward, to push out there uh, a political agenda to young 12-year-olds and 13-year-olds and 14-year-olds. No, I say that's child abuse and that needs to be reported and it needs to end immediately and i will speak to one incident where a teacher who took one of those posters down was brought into the principal's office and basically told do that again and i'll report you to the human resources and we all know what that means that means you're going to get bullied singled out and guess what that person was silenced Mm. now you know what that's wrong we need to we need to really bring attention to this, and uh, you know, and get this sort of I feel nefarious political curriculum, political ideology out of our schools and restore restore some balance and reason to our edu- public education system. Ramona um, and again, folks, so speak with Ramona Bessinger, the middle school teacher in Providence, that wrote very compelling piece. It's been picked up nation- nationwide, firsthand account that she has witnessed firsthand of what it was like, how critical race theory really changed the dynamic in the, the Providence schools. And Ramona, um, what people also need to understand is if a lot of these new, as you said, the pamphlets brought in, who wrote them, uh, the narrative, you know, these are not properly vetted. That means there are certain things that, are, you know, you only have certain hours of the day. That, that means there are certain right. things not being taught. So, for instance, I wrote how, you know, suddenly the Diary of Anne Frank is such a powerful piece. Uh, That was one of the most remarkable things I remember reading in high school. And because it's relatable of of the eyes of a teenage girl who kept that diary and what it was like for them hiding from the Nazis, suddenly that is no longer, that's bumped out and not taught. 
was in art school might be might be taught in other schools but i know that in my jamestown school at the jamestown school department nk it's been wiped out so you know here they've replaced the holocaust materials with either nothing or mouse which is a cartoon supplemental uh children's book and that's a great book a great little supplemental book so there is clearly an attempt to keep teachers from teaching this sort of genocide you know which by the way all children every single color can relate to we can all relate to hate discrimination and genocide right this needs to be taught and it's not being taught and it needs to be brought into the classroom and yes and it needs to be taught because children need to see what happened to young people who were victims of such hateful discrimination and murdered en masse and they also need to understand the slave narrative they also need to understand that westward expansion included uh, historical acts of genocide that is all included in that unit of um that unit uh along with the holocaust i pull materials in from all aspects of history current and past well it's wiped out now because uh clearly that that story doesn't want to be pushed out there. And why is that? Probably because they don't want teachers and children to understand the connections between what is happening now in our schools and what happened in the Second World War, Rwandan genocide and multiple other genocidal um, historical moments and, you know, historical moments in our um, world history. That is my guess. Can't think of any, or there's some sort of, you know, like wiping out the Holocaust what oh. would be the reason for that? Wow. I mean, you know, even in Barrington, I think they're starting school on the, the start of Rosh Hashanah. Well, why would that be an accident? You know, what the heck is going on? And, well, and on top of that, um, just in the past spring, Black Lives Matter came out in favor of they were supporting the Palestinians as they were, you know, fighting with Israel. That was that was very different. Um, so there is a definite agenda here. And, you know, you saw a lot of Jewish people in New York beat up and around the country. But that was different that they were not siding with Israel, who's our ally, but they were Black Lives Matter. They were siding with the Palestinians uh, against and? Israel. And, and um, Ramona, touch on also that it wasn't just in the classroom. Suddenly teachers that not all teachers were the same in the different groups and we're going to, you know, take different, you know, classes or different types of education and gatherings of teachers. Suddenly everything became about race. Well, again, I, I can't speak about every single teacher. I can only speak about my own personal experience. And it seems so a faculty that seemed to be pretty, uh, you know, amazing, united and, and kind and, uh, you know, embracing diversity the year before had now become sort of this bizarre, you know, divisive, you know, hostile, you know, the prince, there were, there were moments when, when, when teachers were encouraged to write reports against their colleagues. I mean, this is right out of, you know, uh, what, what Hitler did in the second world war. It's very dangerous. There's no place in our schools needs to be stopped immediately. Mm. Folks, again, we're speaking with Ramona, Ramona Bessinger. And Ramona, what about, just to play devil's advocate just for a moment, uh, some of the people that were trying to support this saying, you know, listen, it's very important for history to be taught in the schools. That That's not what this is. I mean, unless things have drastically changed, 
you know, you teach about slavery. You talk, you teach yeah. in the schools about the, yeah. the Civil War. It's not as if Absolutely. that stuff was being covered up or, you know, segregation in the 50s and 60s. It's it's a ludicrous position to say, oh, no, it's very, very important for history to be taught. This, this is this is different than history being taught. Oh, 100%. And how dare these people? How, first of all, let me say, our president and the president of the National Teachers Union, since when are they in the business of selecting curriculum? Right. When are they, when do they become experts? and choosing curriculum and basically wiping out American history, world literature, you know, uh, world history. Um, so all of the literature that the world has come to know as vetted and, and true and universally inclusive, okay, universally inclusive. How are, this is our president of the United States and the president of the teachers union basically saying in public that they support the wiping out of American history, American culture, world history, world culture, literature, Martin Luther King, Maya Angelou, Langston Hughes, you name it. They want to take it out of our schools. And I'm really here to say we cannot allow that Mm. because if we allow this to uh, infiltrate our schools further and we allow our children to be indoctrinated, we are complicit in child abuse, number one, and we're going to be complicit in basically changing the culture and history of our nation. We will not recognize our country. The free world will cease to exist. Sorry, I hope I'm not going off on too much of a tangent, but I can't think of any other reason to bring in such a politi- heavily politi- politicized uh, curriculum with hundreds of leaflet-style books to back that political ideology. And what uh, people need to understand is these are not, you know, long approved vetted textbooks. No. As you say, these are who knows when who knows who created these pamphlets, when they were created. Uh this is pushing in a certain agenda. And you know what else, Ramona, I, I just don't understand to me. Number one, I give you credit for being a teacher in the Providence school system. This isn't the children. Uh, This is the curriculum being laid out for them. The problem, it's not as if we're trying to ignore the history of the country or how race relations have been. But those are not the problems. I mean, every time when I saw that John Hopkins, they talk about math is a problem. Science is a problem. Certain grades, unfortunately, uh, English is, you know, writing is a problem. But like for people to say that somehow our history, the way it's being taught, is distorted, is just not accurate me. of what's going it is on. Not accurate. And who are they to come up with this, you know, grand sweeping statement that somehow historically all Americans are evil and that they've been teaching an incorrect narrative? It is simply not true. It is a lie. And shame on anyone who sits back and does nothing. Okay. And by, by the way. It speaks to your point about the writing. Exactly how, if this is such a gold standard, to quote um, to quote the Commissioner of Education, if this is such a gold standard curriculum, then where's the data to support that these pamphlet-style books that are, I'm going to say right now on the record, the worst, most poorly written, you know, little readers that I've ever seen in my teaching career in life, um, where's the data to support that these books are so they're going to they're going to actually increase reading and writing scores. There is no data. It doesn't exist. No data to support that the books 
in this curriculum actually increase reading and writing scores? I want to read um, a couple of quotes, some op-eds that I've seen that people have written. Here's one. Uh, one race or sex is not superior to another. To ignore systematic oppression and its impact on the past and present policies is to put one's head into the sand. What is your reaction to that? I don't even know what that means. You know what I mean? <laughs> First of all, it's a huge statement to make. They, uh, this is what's happened, I've also noticed in the past year that there are all these phrases you know to have put everybody in a slot to 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 be, put every institution in a slot and so this is one of those phrases that actually means nothing there is no proof for it there's proof to the other you know in fact there are so many i feel educators in providence who are compassionate kind and work to support the students, the community, much more, you know, much more than, than any other district, you know, than the other district I worked for, and I worked at Middletown High School for a number of years, and also I had the privilege of teaching in Canada, and I've never seen educators be racially insensitive, I've never seen systemic racism, I've seen the opposite, I've seen only inclusivity and diversity, and rightly so, it should always be that way. So my question to the person who wrote that or is stating that, give me some examples, because guess what? That's what this movement is really good at doing. Yep. They're good at spewing out and 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 sharing out all these ridiculous, you know, they sound great, these little phrases like culturally responsive education. What does that even mean? It's total <laughs> garbage. It is. You know? It's Same thing. Garbage. Here's another line. Uh, critical race theory seeks to understand the origin of inequality in systematic application. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, sorry. I have to laugh at that one because, again, these, they, these phrases that just seem to drop out of the sky mean nothing. I mean, I, I always say this, that you know, to my students, you can say pigs fly or you can say the sky is purple. My students will attest to this, but if you can't prove it, it's not true. And that is what this whole new network is doing by claiming something is true. They actually are, you know, pushing the narrative that it is true. Guess what? We're not that stupid as educators, as parents, and as Americans. We are not that stupid and people know what's going on and you know, and that is why I'm speaking out. One more line. Uh, the United States and its citizens cannot possibly be threatened by a balanced assessment which eschews a simplistic view of history and a chauvinistic account of one's race or sex. <laughs> <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> I, I'm speechless. Yeah. I can't even, I, I mean, how do you even respond to such stupidity? Yeah. Now, see, again, these are people that are taking the position as if, you know, no one is saying you don't teach slavery. This this is all they're pointing into a direction that doesn't exist. And to think an eighth grader is going to, you know, we need to have an eighth grader understand the inequality and systematic oppression. They don't know what that even they don't even understand. They don't understand but the that. point is, they do understand when you teach Martin Luther King, Maya Angelou, Langston Hughes, when you teach James Baldwin. Yep. They understand when you teach literature that they can, that kids can universally connect to the themes that are real, right? We know that horrible things happened, that, that there is discrimination historically in the United States. But we're teaching, we're teaching it to kids. 
and doing a darn good job. Let's not forget that, you know, every single politician and president came out of the public school system. Yep. Okay. And all of these uh, state legislators who, by the way, passed that law in 2019, giving Angelica Infante Green total power over public education. They all came out of the public school system. I myself came out of a public system. And by the way, it's really, there's, you know, I've had more positive experience. I've yet as a human being to experience racism, but I have experienced it because of the color of my skin in this past year. And by the way, you know, we all have tragic stories to, to account for. None of us escape this world without some pain, without some sexism or, or, or discrimination or being marginalized. Lord knows, I understand that, okay? And clearly, that's going to be next on the agenda for, uh, for if it isn't already being, you know, the team isn't already in the huddle deciding about how they're going to attack me, marginalize me, and say, you know, terrible things. Have at it, is what I have mm. to say. Folks, again, we're speaking with Ramona Bessinger, who, um, Ramona, it's, it's really incredible. I give you so much credit. Uh, it inspires other people. This, it's, what's frightening is the pushback people like yourselves, Nicole Solis, are receiving. I'm just curious, um, you know, you've had various national outlets reach out to you. Very, very impressive appearances for someone that doesn't do this for a living on Fox and so forth. I'm just curious what has outside outlets like what have national people that have reached out to you spoken to you what is it of your account that like seemed to make the biggest biggest impact on them honestly i was very surprised that it it really uh took on a sort of international viral yep. uh but what that really speaks to is that everyone in the world you know can relate to the story it was not in my intention my intention to was was to write a small piece that was it to get it off my chest and get it out there and that it went to this sort of international news outlets and then on a national level um picked up by you know the um Wall street journal and washington examiner so many different news news uh news platforms was a surprise to me am i happy about that you're darn tootin i'm happy about it because the world needs to know and teachers need to speak out and they need not be afraid to voice their opinions we are being vilified we are being bullied as educators and we are being you know i would say intimidated into submission and that must stop that has to stop and people need to feel okay about speaking out now just to speak to that I've received messages from all over the world to speak, you know, publicly, or not to speak publicly, to speak on different news sources. Um, if you're speaking about Fox News, they were the news source that reached out quickest. Yep. They were the, you know, national news uh, program that I went on first for that reason, because I wanted to get the truth out there, and I didn't want anybody paraphrasing or trying to put me in the you-know-what slot uh, or try to marginalize or, re or rephrase my words. So, yeah, I'll be happy to go on. NPR to, to speak to anybody or debate the issue. In fact, one of my colleagues uh, messaged me the other day and she cautioned me. Um, you know, she said, you really shouldn't be speaking out as a, and this is in quotes, as a white teacher. And I'm like, hmm, wow. if I were purple, yeah. if I were purple, would that be okay? Like, you, this is ridiculous. So I did ask her to have an honest debate with me about the curriculum because I know curriculum, okay? I'm not speaking out because I don't know curriculum. 
I know it, and I know it well, and I also know how curriculums are advanced and how they're not supposed to be advanced. And I can tell you right now that this curriculum being pushed in schools across the United States and clearly even in European schools, I had, you know, European news uh, agencies also reach out to me because everyone is concerned and they should be. And you know who else, uh, Ramona, someone that, to me, I don't know if you know the story of Quiddy Pay, but he he grew up right in the Lockwood housing project. This was right near your school, right behind Rhode Island Hospital. He was born in a Liberian refugee camp. His mother came to the United States when he was six years old. This was during the first Liberian Civil War. He went through the schools. He then went to Bishop Hendrickin. And he was just selected after a full ride to Michigan. He was just selected in the first round of the NFL by the Indianapolis Colts. Now, this teaching, the critical race theory that they put forward, he he shouldn't have even tried. He shouldn't have even tried because there was no way that he was going to be. His mother worked. And he promised his mother, if you can send me to Bishop Hendrickin, I promise you I'll work hard and get a college Mm -hmm. scholarship. They don't want to talk about a quitty pay who grew up, as I said, in the Lockwood project. They don't want to talk about that. See, he shouldn't have even tried. He should have said, I am a victim. The system is rigged. There's racism. But they don't want to mention someone like that. Oh, no. Well, we, we celebrated him this past year so he uh you know his accomplishments were yes. celebrated but they left out that piece think of that. that he was not a student of this no you know, of the 1619 project no. or critical race theory he no. happened to actually embrace american ideals yes. and look where it got him yeah. and so have i by the way and i'm not i wasn't born in this country so and so did my parents when they moved from europe um, you know, we we are here in, in North America because, on the North American continent, because we embrace the wonderful ideals that are, you know, in, in, embedded in our Constitution, our Bill of Rights. And he is a testament, and so are so many other, you know, successful African Americans. Do we have work to do? Always. I hope we always work towards, you know, becoming better human beings and being more inclusive because we can never stop that. But this is not that, okay? This curriculum, as it's rolling out into our schools, is not that. It is not diverse. It is not, to use one of their phrases, equitable. It is not inclusive. It's the opposite. It's discriminatory. It's racist. It's child abuse. And it's got to go. Folks, again, we're speaking with Ramona Bessinger. And Ramona, something else I want to point out. And again, you're, you live in Rhode Island. Uh, thank God for legal insurrection. They're the ones that first wrote about Nicole Solis. It shouldn't be ignored also that, unfortunately, the local media has also been infiltrated by when Nicole first spoke out. A mother saying, I want more information about what's being taught. Local media attack her. She's part of some right-wing group. She's set up here, the whole thing. Now, Black Lives Matter. Now, these are my words, but recently, back in the spring, they had a gathering outside of the Providence schools, Classical Central, and they're, these are the leaders now saying, we need to get the school resource officers out of the schools. And some of their comments, police are murdering children. Police are brutalizing, beating children. 
You know, that is so irresponsible. The media does not question them. You know, to say that, and you and I both know, if, if this was going on in Providence, we would know about that. To say to young minds, listen, see that Providence police officer? They are murdering children. Yeah, Ramona, that is a lie. That is an absolute irresponsible lie. That is correct. There is data to support otherwise. And it is simply creating and supporting a violent and supporting a violent division in our society is very dangerous. And why is that acceptable to promote that kind of hate towards people who I'm not I don't I can't speak for the the police department, but it's been my experience that um, I've never had any negative experience. You know, it doesn't mean that there aren't negative experiences out there, but it is again unfair to push that narrative when it is when the data actually shows the opposite to be true. Yes. So you know that it's and it's it's harmful. Yeah. And again, it's one thing to say it to an adult. But these are very young, impressionable minds. If I were, you know, a young child of color and I'm living in Providence and these are adults that I'm supposed to be looking up to and they're telling me, listen, don't trust the police. Right. Don't talk to the police. See those white people. They want to hurt you. They're all rich. Blah, blah, blah. That is so damaging. Children are impressionable enough. You know, I've talked about not to get and I'm going to let you go in just a moment. But, you know, I remember being young in grammar school when that book about Jim Morrison came out of no one here gets out alive and the yet you know his getting smoking pot and drinking and I watched young kids I know suddenly listen there's a reason why cigarette companies aren't allowed to market to young children and the same thing with alcohol because they're very impressionable and they mimic that and when they see Uh it always goes on but somehow this has been allowed under the guise of, well, we need balanced history and they need to learn this. And, you know, it's wrong. They're teaching these kids. You're going to see hatred. And it's, it's just not going to stop, Ramona. It's not. It's and not going to stop. And if we allow this, we will not recognize our country. And this is what I believe is on the agenda currently. We will not recognize our culture and our country. And the world is going to change. Specifically, the United States is going to change. And if that changes, in the house of cards but you know that happens throughout the world it'll it'll be a ripple effect throughout the world and we need to really restore some reasonable classical education with vetted materials and get the political ideology out of the classroom ramona finally i hope what does this mean about your future as a teacher only because to me the classroom the children they need dedicated award-winning teachers like yourself well, that's that's a <laughs> thanks for that. But um, what it means for me in the future, I don't really know. As I'm speaking out, you know, anything can happen. I'm sure they're in a huddle and thinking about how to deal with Bessinger. But you know what? Like I said, it's very, very difficult to argue with the truth. Yep. And if it means that they come after me and they fire me or harass me or try to weaponize the children against me, I'll be watching and I'll be reporting on all of it. So that's what it means for me as an educator and a mother, more importantly. 
Folks, she is Ramona Bessinger. Ramona, it is such a pleasure to speak to you. You know you have our support. There's so many people that want to thank you. Uh, it's not easy. It is not easy. You are to be commended. Just know the people are with you. The loudest voices don't always mean that that's who really represents the group. But I am going to talk to you again. Uh, thank you for speaking out and uh, be well. Thank you for having me on the show. All right, folks, there it is, Ramona Bessinger right here on the John DePietro Show. Now, good afternoon, one and all. In case you were wondering, right now it's 1257. Uh, you're listening to AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Now, next hour on radio show only, we're going to have Michael Lamundi, Providence Police Union, who is, um, is we're going to talk to him, another officer has been suspended. By the way, those of you um, that heard some of the quotes that I was reading to her, maybe it sounded familiar. I was reading her direct quotes from a piece written by my old colleague, Eileen Violet. That's who was writing those things. And I was asking her directly. And you heard her reaction, which was to say that it's, it's absolutely ludicrous. It has no standing. Um, I was reading it verbatim off a piece that Eileen wrote saying we need to teach history of systematic racism and blah, blah, blah. Now, folks, we have a long way to go with summer. Good afternoon. It's 1258. Next hour, again, the head of the Providence Police Union is going to join me live, radio only, AM 1380, 99.9 FM, where you can listen online at the website, topetro.com. Just click listen live. Remember, if you need a plumber or cooling system, 24-hour emergency service is Coogie. It's R.E. Coogan Heating and Cooling. Call them 401-732-6562. 401-732-6562. As Coogie says, let us into your home. Don't fix it alone. Do you need a plumber? Now, right now, it's Tuesday. It's July 20th. Do you need a plumber? Call R.E. Coogan and Heating right now. 401-732-6562. Or maybe your cooling system is not working efficiently, or maybe you want to install central air. Call Coogs. 401-732-6562. Folks, again, good afternoon. It's John DePietro. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to break for the 1 o'clock news. Big news. Jeff Bezos broke into space. Incredible. Uh, But Providence Police Union is going to join me next hour, radio only, AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can listen online at the website, dipetro.com. The Power Hour is next. First, the 1 o'clock news. Stay tuned right here, folks. It's the John DePietro Show. Stay tuned. We're going to be back on the other side after the 1 o'clock news. You will.